All right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. This is one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, uh, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., marketing specialist, um, media specialist, uh, promoter, event planner, uh, man about town, and all-around good guy, and big-time Eagles fan. <laughs> so um, it's football season. What can we say? Anyway, I'm sitting here with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Hey, Dave. Everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, and all-around good guy. Everything is good, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm sure after yesterday you are pleased, I will say that. I don't, I don't know if you're happy, but I'll say you're pleased. <laughs> well, you know, everybody wants to get a win as opposed to to not getting a win let's put it that way so right. um um and um you know it was one of those it was one of those uh it was a hard game to watch yesterday i mean how much of it did you watch yesterday so i saw bits and pieces because i told you i was at planet fitness and i was trying to watch mm-hmm. it on the monitor because of the rain their uh satellite network kept going out so um i saw I saw about five minutes of every half. And when I got to the fourth quarter and I saw the time running down, I just figured they'd probably win. So I didn't actually see the end of it. Yeah, well, it went to the very end. I mean, uh, the very last play almost, uh, the Eagles, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. They were lucky to walk out of that stadium with a win. (laughs) (laughs) They really were. But good teams do what they have to do to win. And that's what they did. So, yeah, um, it's almost like that social media meme. A win is a win. A win is a win. Yep. There you go. And, you know, we can't we can't complain because it could have went the other way. And just glad that it didn't. They got to play again on Thursday. So it's a short week for them. So hopefully they look better on Thursday. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But otherwise, man, what about the rain we've been getting, man? Well, I don't yeah, know how bad. Crazy. Well, I know you've been up and down, but uh, but man, we've been getting some torrential rain, man. <laughs> you yeah, know, we have. Well, you know, I I think it's been some of those uh, hurricanes off of uh, that in out of yeah, out the of, Caribbean and coming yeah. up the coast. So yeah, I'm, it's, I'm sure that's I mean, probably been a lot of the East Coast that has been. Uh, under a torrential downpour. Well, and it's funny it's it's funny you say that because yesterday a lot of the football games were played in the rain yesterday. Uh I know the Eagles game was played in a da- in downpour of rain. They were in they were in uh, up up in uh, Massachusetts. The Cowboy game was uh they were in New York. It was pouring down rain there. I mean, it was raining everywhere. Yesterday, man, every I think it was like four games that went on yesterday that you, all you saw was rain, you know. So, yeah, so it must be it must be because of the hurricane season. 
So, um, definitely. Well, um, I'm trying to think what, what there is to talk about. I can't think of anything that we could possibly think about to talk about. Can you? Nah, nothing. 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 I mean, at it's all. been kind of boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there was something on the new, on the radio yesterday, you know, in the morning. Uh, Steve Harvey, uh, you know, kind of him and Shirley Strawberry actually uh, teased us, you know, about the Strawberry Letter being that they were going to make the Strawberry Letter about them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, so, but uh, for those who don't know, Steve Harvey on his show yesterday, and for people who've been listening to Steve Harvey for a while, they all know that they do something called the Strawberry Letter, where the Strawberry Letter is that they, you know, Steve Harvey usually tries to give advice on relationship advice or whatever the case may be. Excuse me, folks. Uh, whatever the case may be, um, in reference to, um, in reference to uh, different situations or whatever, and um, I guess both of them have found themselves being. The strawberry letter, you know, because know. of all Crazy, that's going on with them. <laughs> you know, so um, it was pretty interesting because they got real serious. And um, Steve let Shirley talk first. And and this is basically about the stuff that has been coming out. Now, th- this is truly, truly timing is everything, right, Leonard? I mean, this is because the time, it is. the timing of everything that's going on with them right now. I mean, you couldn't have planned it perfectly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're more perfectly. So what they addressed because, and they pretty much had to talk about it, is because, what was that, Friday? Was it Friday that that yeah, came so out? It, it was either Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday, yeah. It was released. <laughs> Uh, some some video had a uh, video audio video had I mean audio tape had been released of a conversation that Shirley Strawberry was having with her estranged husband, who we you know of course her his name is Ernesto, uh, who we have found out since that he's in jail been lo- been locked up in jail for a minute for a bunch of different things that he's done, uh, including uh, fraud and wire fraud and Ponzi schemes and uh, also, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, child yeah. pornography? pornography yeah, yeah. Sexual mm-hmm. assault, fraud, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you name it, this dude yeah, now it's like crazy. he's had his hands in it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, been and busy. plus, and plus, they said he was fooling around with another woman, and you know all of this stuff, right? And he's in jail. Well, there's this conversation that him and Shirley had that, you know, now everybody who's ever, you don't get it so much now, but anybody that's ever gotten a call from somebody who's in jail. They always get the thing that says this is a call from an inmate or yeah, someone from the whatever correctional institution. And they tell you right away, this call may be recorded. So this call 
you know, I, 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 you hear that, you don't really pay much attention to that because all you want to do is just talk to the person you're yeah, talking exactly. to. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, so, and especially if you're not talking about anything illegal, you probably right. think you don't have anything to worry about. Right. I mean, if you ain't saying, yo, we got to kill that dude. Right, <laughs> you know, right. something like that, you know. I mean, you know, you, you just never expected to come back to bite you. So you hear this conversation that Shirley's having with Ernesto. And it's pretty interesting because they're talking about Steve and Har- and Marjorie in this conversation. And Shirley, Shirley is like, wait, first of all, what did you think of what Shirley had to say? Because Shirley starts talking about Steve and Marjorie and all they have in their house and all this stuff and how, you know, uh, um, you know, Marjorie, Marjorie had people flown in. <laughs> All of this stuff to do stuff. What she said, she had her own chiropractor, right, or mm-hmm. something like that, right. Uh, and, and, and the part that killed me was she's like, yeah, she has her own masseuse, and he being there working things out. And I was like, <laughs> you remember that? I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that that was the part that this had a little bit of shade. But... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then uh, was talking about um, how they have all these steps in the house. He said, "How's T Stevie wheezing going up the steps and everything mm-hmm. because of so many right. steps or whatever he'd be tired." And then he, she said, uh, "The main, the really crazy thing was the fact that she said how Marjorie treats, you know, them um, that's on the show treats them as the help, right? So, you know." And like they're beneath her, and you know, and Shirley indicated that she don't like going over. She didn't like going over to the house because she's there. Remember, she did you hear her say that? Right, I did. Yeah. So, so a lot was said, you know, and Shirley, you know, you can't deny it because nah, <laughs> nah, you I know mean... it's definitely when you hear the tapes, it's definitely Shirley's voice. You, you know, she has a very unmistakable voice. And you know it's her, and she does. You can hear her laughing about it a little bit or whatever. But you know, she definitely meaning what she's saying. She's not, you know, she, you know. But then, you never think it's going to get out, and right? It exactly. So, obviously, I mean, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking somebody, either either somebody said, "Oh, we got a gold mine here. We're going, we're going to sell this." They were just waiting on the right moment. Or Ernesto, because now they said, you know, everybody got their little conspiracy theory that mm-hmm. Ernesto set her up so he can do what he wanted to do with it, you know. So, but um, it's really interesting the timing of it because, of course, everything comes out right around the time that they start saying that Steve and Marjorie are having issues. Right. Is he sleeping with his with with his bodyguard and all of that stuff? And of course, this tape comes out, <laughs> and I'm just like, timing is everything, man. You couldn't have wrote the time any better than than this. But Shirley really humbled herself. What did you think how how she handled herself? Yeah, I, I mean, I think she almost had to because. Because of what we heard in the audio, and we know her relationship on the Steve Harvey show, um, I almost feel like she had to because if she didn't, then we would feel like she was holding back 
Now, what I was surprised about was that I thought she was just going to mention about the audio, apologizing about the audio and, and leave it there. But she really kind of detailed the whole history of her and Ernesto's relationship and all the stuff that happened, which, to be honest, I didn't think she was going to speak about that because she didn't she didn't really have to. So, right. you know, I mean, I, I do credit her for giving the whole story because they I can't remember if one time we talked about it or not or um, if that was pillow talk with my wife. But there was an article where Shirley Strawberry had got evicted from um, a rental property in L.A. You know, she got evicted, said she owed money. But now from when she told the story this morning about her not having any money, she had to move in with friends, then that part kind of made more sense than her just, let's say, not paying the rent, you know, at, at some house in L.A. So um, I kind of commend her for telling the whole story because she kind of answered questions before people knew to ask them. Kind of. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and obviously she went through a lot. Um, I'm sure the government came in and seized everything. I mean, right. you know, that especially since he was involved and, you know, she tells the story. She tells a story about how she's at the hairdresser and you, know, <laughs> you got to get a ride home. pulled up. The cops pull up and they take her car, man. And, and she had to get a ride home with her hairdresser, you know? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's crazy though. And when you look at everything, it just, uh, it doesn't make sense that you, you know, well, you know, it, well, what it says is that celebrities are still real people. I mean, yeah, definitely. you know, they got now, 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 the part that I, I did not necessarily believe is that she did not know anything about what he was doing. Everything was a complete surprise. Like, I mean, I can say I feel like she probably knew a little bit about what he was doing, but, you know, that's neither she probably here closed there. eyes. She probably closed her yeah. eyes to some of the stuff, whatever. Um, it's, well, you know, it, first of all, They've been married for eight years now. And I'm like, I can remember the day they got married. And I was like, oh, wow. Yes, it's been eight years because they made a big thing. They, you know, they played the wedding on yeah. the radio and all that right. stuff, you know. And I was like, gosh, it's been eight years already. But, you know, when she first comes on and she starts talking about, well, she hadn't seen him. And he's been in jail since July of last year. And I was right. like, wow, that's crazy, you know. Right. You know, and that conversation was in October last year. That was, yeah. So, because you hear Steve say, okay, now all, everything's starting to come together. A lot of it makes sense now mm -hmm. because he said, because when I first heard the, the, the audio, he said, you know, he was kind of dumbfounded about the whole thing. He was like, because right. he thought, he was like, gosh, even, even Shirley, you know, you know, that type of thing, right? But then yeah. he said, once he realized the timeline of the story of everything, he said, you know, he was, he felt a little bit better about the fact that it wasn't something that she was saying at this point and throwing, right. you know, throwing more fire on the flame. And Shirley, she, she, and you could tell, Shirley still got some black in her because he was like, 
You know how many times that she mentioned that she was worried she's going to get fired? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, you know. Um, that's got to be, it's it's an embarrassing situation. Um, you would think that you wouldn't allow yourself, you've been, you've been talking about people all these years in the strawberry letter section. I know. And how you let yourself get caught up in this mess. And not and, and and after all the things you've said about people who wrote these letters, and, you know, and you got caught up in in the same thing yourself. That's right. so crazy. And and you know, funny it's funny, Dave, because that's one of the things that I was thinking too. And I mean, not the not the fault of we're all human, but so she's caught up in this situation, and she's still going through with all these strawberry letters, giving advice, criticism, critique, judgment on other people when you know she, she had one of the biggest secrets out there yeah yeah and 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 it's kind of you know you have to look at that twofold too because it says a lot about who she was and you can come i mean who she is and you can mm-hmm. commend her on that as far as being able to go to work every day and still perform and act like you know everything was fine and so forth so so you know um, you can keep the focus off of herself. The only reason that this even came out because the focus got shifted to her, you know. But but she's been managing over almost a year now to yeah, keep exactly. off keep the focus off herself. Um and to be able to do that. But then it also says, Man, she had to feel so all alone at the same time, man. I mean, you know, even though you might be able to talk to Steve and and, and Tommy and all them dudes, you know, that you work with, you still had to feel lonely because, you know, you, you're feeling so humiliated. humiliated. Mm-hmm. I can't even get the word out. Humiliated. Yeah. Humiliated. Um, but, but yeah. they, if you remember, and and I, I remember her saying this today, this morning, or yesterday morning, she said that she didn't mention much about it to her morning crew and i think steve or tommy said they knew a little bit of the details but nobody asked about it you know they kind of like you know so yeah they left they said the only person they knew was that is the young lady they called mississippi monica she's the only one they knew because that's the only person she confided everything right because they have they go they go way back to the very beginning of the LA show, you know, when they yeah, when people yeah. started. Out. So if, if you talk about her feeling lonely, she probably even felt lonelier because, you know, Tommy, um, Steve and, uh, a junior, junior like, you know, yeah. they, they all didn't really know the, the whole, now yeah. they, say they, they say they didn't know the whole deal. I'm sure they knew a lot more than they claim, but you know, she probably didn't tell them everything. Yeah, and, and Carla is one of her closest friends, and she and Carla said she didn't know all that was going on. But then she right. she said, "Now Shirley did say if they had asked her, she yeah. would have told them." But right. she says nobody asked her, and they were letting her just be. Right. She said that's what she did. She yeah. she just yeah. she was just her, being herself, you know. So, but it was interesting, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot. And, you know, Steve, when Steve did his part, you know, Steve, I mean, I guess, I guess if for those who had doubts about 
whether Steve and Marjorie were still together and that they were, you know, because all the cheating allegations that have come out about Marjorie cheating on Steve and, you know, well, actually, Dave was rumors about Steve cheating on, cheating on her, too. Yeah. Steve kind of tried to put that to rest today, uh, yesterday by saying, um, hey, me and my wife still together. Yeah, stronger Here's than ever. My wife, you know. He talked about how when he met his wife that he didn't have anything and she was there for him and she helped him become who she who he is now. And, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's, it was interesting. It was really interesting. It was yeah. um, to put yourself out there. And I'm sure it was also a great marketing ploy because, you know, with controversy comes. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody so, you was know. listening. Yeah, yeah, everybody was listening. So. All right. So, Dave, now I want to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. Shirley Strawberry did nothing wrong. Because when I think about it, they can you imagine and and let, let let's just say okay. Me and my wife if we're pillow talking about people and half of or a quarter of what we talked about got out, we probably wouldn't have no friends. You probably if, wouldn't. Yeah, if I know, I know you probably talk about me all the time. I know I would have stopped talking to you. Yeah, all all the time. Now, <laughs> uh, Dave, imagine all the times you talk to your coworkers about your boss or your supervisor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't have no job. That's so true. you know, talking to let's say your spouse, you know that that's someone you think you can confide in, and you talk to them for that reason. Now, it's a shame everything got aired out. And I mean, I, to be honest, I would think somebody at that jail needs to be fired who will release that tape because, you know, I mean, even though it's not super private, you know, somebody somebody released that tape for a reason. Like there was a motive. Yeah, behind. I'm sure. I'm sure it was money. It had yeah. money. It's yeah. the root of Overall. all evil, man. Yeah. Right. But I mean, as far as her pillow talking to her husband and talking about, I mean, Cause Dave, she didn't say she didn't say she didn't tell any lies about Steve. She said he was huffing going up the steps, mm-hmm. which was probably facts. And even Steve, and Steve said today yeah. he I'm in better shape now than I was then. Yeah, right. He did say that. Yeah, she she said that she she feels like Marjorie looks at her like the help, which is how she feels. You know, so I mean, she um, Shirley Strawberry told no lies in my opinion. Now it would have been different if she said, "Oh, Marjorie's a gold digger. She's a a b i t c h." But you know, but but I don't know. I like I felt like Shirley did nothing wrong. You know, I I, I think Shirley was honest, and you know what she said was probably all what she was feeling at that particular time. And I listened. I've been listening to Steve Harvey since the original show, the L.A. show, mm-hmm. and um you know, uh, all over the years. And since he's been with Marjorie, I can count the number of times I've heard Marjorie on that show. Yeah, And I'm sure, you know, that's another thing that probably, they probably feel some kind of way about because, you know, it's, it's you know, because you would think as close as they had been over the years. And she even kind of mentioned that. It was a little sly remark she made she was saying, even, she said, you're my family, you know, and we're close. 
we're not as close as we used to be because we're not in the same place all the time anymore. Because mm-hmm. they all are in different places now. Right. They don't all film, I mean, tape together anymore like yeah. they used to. And yeah. Steve does it, basically all of his stuff remote now. So, yeah, you know, sure. so, um, so, and I guess that's real convenient for him. So, you know, but she, you know, I, I, I'm sure she thinks to herself, you know, well, Marjorie should be more connected to all of them, you know, like, you know, part of the show and, uh, you know, like, you know, being on the show more and all that kind of stuff. And, I'm, you know, it was just interesting. The whole thing was like, there was a lot said. Right. But there was also a lot said without being said. That makes sense to you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because they filled in they filled in some cracks, but they made a few new ones and left them open. Um, because I'm sure there's more to be like. I'm sure tomorrow they'll probably talk about some more stuff. And because hold on, are, are, Dave, are, are you? I feel like they're never going to talk about this situation again. Well, I don't think it's going to be as deep, but I still think it's not going to go away because it's out there now. Everybody was talking about it after after it mm-hmm. happened, you know, and it's all over in the internet now, you know, yeah, you know. So, so it's it's a topic, you know, and it's a hot topic. And I know, um, you know, he kept talking about the bloggers and people who keep talking about it. He, he was kind of pinpointing at certain people. You ever? You ever hear Tasha K talk about him? About Steve Harvey? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. She she got a bad. She and she's one of the main ones said that he's been cheating and everything. She <laughs> one of the main ones. You know, so um but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting what happens as it goes forward. So we'll be I guess we'll be keeping an eye and an ear to that story. I'm sure you'll hear more about the Steve Harvey and 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 um and the whole well because you know that whole show I mean it affects the whole show I mean it really does yeah no it does yeah you know it really does and um it's the same it's the same that they're they're in the situation well I think Steve Steve made it clear about his situation today and I mean. He said, he said, he said, I'm down for my woman and I ain't going nowhere. She ain't going nowhere. We're good. You know? All right. So Dave, let, let me ask you a question. So Steve talked about he and Marjorie being tighter than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing ever going on. Do you believe him? I believe mm-hmm. him now. Do I you? was, I okay. was wavering a little bit with everything that had came out because there's a couple have you seen the videos where you hear people talking about all this evidence that Marjorie had been cheating mm-hmm. and all this stuff? Right. But for him to come out and say what he said today, now, even though they kept alluding to, because even, even um, Shirley kept alluding to the fact they had problems. Right. The, yeah. So, but how... Whether there's enough of a problem that they would break up. Now, I don't, I don't know about that. I think Steve, 
I did. You know, I always thought that Steve was more into the relationship than she is. See, I think I think her daughter kind of takes after her too. You know, with mm-hmm. the way they handle relationships, but. I don't know. I, you know, he was he 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 was putting it down today. He said, "Hey, we're good. Yeah, stop stop focusing on what you think is wrong with us, and focus on the fact that I'm telling you it's good. We're good. So stop messing with my wife. Stop talking about her. You know, he he. You know, I think he I think he was I think he was being sincere. I do. I really do. Yeah, I see. Okay, so we'll find out now. Watch. Watching in a couple of days. I know. Steve Harvey comes on and he says, okay. I got something to tell y'all. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. So, yeah, we've been burnt too many times in the past, right? <laughs> you right. Know, so. right. They, 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 Steve Harvey almost come on like one of them pastors, like church family. You know, <laughs> God believes in forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, Stay tuned, folks. I'm sure we haven't heard the end of it. So, but, you know, we just wanted to put it out there, you know, first. So, um, moving on to our next story. Um, did you watch any of the U.S. Open, Leonard? Dave, you know, I was trying so hard to watch it. And I was in the car during her uh, performance trying to get home, and I did not make it in time. Man, I've been watching. I've been watching every. I'd say, think I saw. I've watched three of her matches during the U.S. Open. I didn't see the very first one, but I watched the. Yeah, I, I watched the quarter. I watched the her second match, her quarter, the quarterfinals, the semifinals. Then I so I watched always from the. Uh, um, prior to the quarterfinal, that first match after the, uh, before she got in the quarterfinal, Coco w- was on another. She her 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 game was in a whole different place. I've seen Coco many times, and she reminds me of a young uh, Venus Williams because of her body her body shape and everything. She just kind of mm-hmm. reminds you of Venus. But she plays the game. Her power game is is like Serena. You know, she her right. ball placement and everything. Um, this girl, this girl, I don't know what changed, but she definitely was on a mission in this tournament, and she was not going to lose. I can tell you that for sure. She was not going to lose. Um, she did her thing. Um, they said she's the fastest female on the court right now oh wow <laughs> yeah she's the fastest because leonard that girl was getting the balls all you know for the last weekend especially with some you know because once she you know once you play them european girls man it's hard for they, they're just very smart with where they place the ball and everything but coco you think you're going to you get a shot past her and she return it and everything that uh, the uh, uh, Sabalenko got so frustrated in that match because she hit some good shots and Coco would get to him mm-hmm. and be like, "How'd she get there?" <laughs> you know. So, so it was just great to see, you know, because you know, we, you know, we've been kind of missing 
Serena, you know, because you know, with Serena was Serena was like Tiger Woods, you know. You only turn <laughs> you only turn on a golf match if Tiger was playing. You know what I mean? Um, right. You know, Serena's playing. That's when you turn on the tennis match, you know. Or back in the day when Venus was playing and she was winning everything, you know. But now it's Coco's turn. When you looked in the stands, man, there were celebrities everywhere. Oh, I mean, sure. Her Leon is sitting next. Leon's a family friend sitting next to her mom. I was like, I was like, Dad, do you want Leon sitting next to your, <laughs> your wife? <laughs> you know, so you know. So, but it was, uh, it was just great to see, and and the fact that the crowd was pulling for, um, and so forth. But the in the semifinals, did you hear about? The, did you see about the protest that was going on in the stands? No, I did not. So they had some climate, uh, oh anti-climate people. They, uh, they, they be everywhere, up, don't they? they, yeah, they yeah, right. So you know they've been showing up to a lot of the big events and so forth and, and, and staging protests. Well, there was this one guy who glued his shoes to the, to the um, floor of the seat he was sitting in. And so he couldn't be, and then he was just, he got up and just started shouting things. And they were trying to get him out of there and he wasn't going anywhere because his feet were glued to the Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dave, he, he, he probably would have done better zip tying himself to the, uh, the, the chair. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was, they, but they couldn't get him out of there for a long time. And then there was another one in there because it delayed the match like 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, they trying to throw Coco off her game. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to throw her off her game. Right. But she came in, she came out and won that match and everything. So it was just interesting to see this young lady keep her composure. And then she had she had some words for the haters as as she uh you know, when she won. Did you hear what she said about the haters? She said for all yeah, of those for all of those who didn't believe in me. <laughs> you know. She said, I'm standing, I'm standing next to this trophy right now. And thanks for, uh, she said, she said, you know, you thought you were pouring water on me when you were actually pouring gas on me, <laughs> you know? So, um, so I'm, I'm happy for her. I thought she did a great job. I think she's going to be a great representative, a representative for the new, uh, well, a new ambassador, um, her and Osaka, you know, we got a lot of nice young yeah, we do. Players now. We we do. I like the the guy Tiafo. I like him as well. I mean, uh, you know, the Americans showed real well in the tournament this time. Uh, they really did. All the young Americans really played well, you know. So so we'll see what happens. And um our hats off to Coco Golf for doing her thing. Um we're glad that she uh Broke through and finally won our first t- uh, tournament, um, and um, became the the tied the record for the youngest person to do it since Serena. Yep, and and Dave, a uh, fun fact I just heard today that she still lives at home, so she is yeah, really racking too. up yeah, that money that. and <laughs> you know still look, still eating her parents' groceries and everything. Look, they gave her they gave her that check three million dollars. Uh huh. I was like, man, an hour and a half, three million dollars. 
Then I said, nah, well, that's for the whole tournament. So yeah. she put in some work. She put in yeah. some work. Well, 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 they, in fact, that's more than the whole tournament. That's probably five years of on the court every yeah. morning. Yeah. Yeah. Noon yeah. and night training. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now they get the same thing that the men get. So that's that. That's what made that even awesome. Are you talking so, about dollar amounts? Yeah, they get the same purse wow. okay. as the men. So the men get $3 million too. So before it would have, like, the men would get $3 million, the women would get $1 million. Wow. Okay. Well, good yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So hats off again to Coco Golf for winning the and it's good that she won it here in America that so she won her first tournament on American soil so that's great so all right so we're going to move on to our next story uh, I thought this was cool um when I when I saw this I I I said let me uh, let me talk about this cuz this is something different uh Hold on for a minute. It's something different that we don't always see. And I just thought, um, I like that they brought this up. And this is what it says. Introducing the first animated series for black children that addresses mental health. So there's a new exciting animated series called Super CJ, the animated series which has been launched on YouTube to bring much needed awareness to critical mental health crisis facing black children today. The series features a black superhero, Super CJ, and his sarcastically funny sidekick, Rex the Dog. Super CJ is extraordinary, extraordinary uh, character with a unique flaw in his superpowers. Now, this is what I like, Leonard. This is really cool. Right. He loses right. his powers when he gets angry, but can regain them by calming down. Mm, deep. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Uh, it said with over 450,000 views on YouTube, the series is resonating with audiences around the world, inspiring children and shedding light on important issues, uh, which is uh, um, children's mental health. Super CJ's Mental Health 365 is a groundbreaking campaign that will be spearheaded by Super CJ himself. With a launch during the month of September, the campaign intends to bring much-needed awareness to the critical mental health crisis facing Black children today. Black children ages 5 to 12 are now twice as likely to die by suicide. Now, we've been talking about this off and on for a while. As their white counterparts. And black teen suicide rates have increased by 78%. And in fact, Dave, Dave, can I stop you right there real quick? Yeah. That stat you said, it said 5 to 12. Right. Can you imagine a 5-year-old? I mean, wow. I mean, wow. Yeah, I know. Five years I old. Know. It's scary, right? It is. When you think about it, the the fact, well, we've been doing a lot of stories recently about young people graduating 
from high school at a young age and going to college and graduating from college at a young age with degrees and so forth. Just imagine one of those people being five years old, thinking what they thinking the way that they possibly were thinking because their brains, you know, that, that they may be a little more advanced in thinking than the regular five-year-old. So you figure those people who go on to become um, people that hold degrees at at 10, 12, 15 years old, whatever they are, the the demographics that we're talking about here have to, have to fall within their, their age range. You know what I mean? Because of everything that they have to go through in order to maintain what they're maintaining in order to do what they're doing. You know, um, so when you look at stuff like the fact that somebody would take the time to, to come up with something like this is extremely, extremely uh, well-received. And it is awesome because if super CJ definitely takes off and we need something like this today. Yeah, no, we do. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what color he may be, even though Super CJ is black and uh, is a, um, but still, the fact that he deals with the things that he has to deal with in order to, excuse me, in order to cope and to be the person that he needs to be in order to help the people that he needs to help. That that's really interesting and i really find it i hope it it is something that's going to stick around for a while i know it says here each episode will highlight the importance of emotional well-being and self-regulation showing children that it's okay to feel a range of emotions but finding calmness and positive coping mechanisms are the key to overcoming obstacles Super D- C- CJ's uh, journey promotes understanding, empathy, and resilience. Wow, that's deep. I mean, yeah, they. I mean, I, I'd like to say there's probably a lot of adults who need to watch that show. Yeah, too. how about that? Yeah, how about that? I'm actually going to look it up to see how it flows. Yeah, um, I happen to look on Amazon. There's also a paperback book. You know, I guess a story that um, they can buy on Amazon as a paperback as well so you know they're they're different options it looks like Hmm. okay we all need a super cj in our lives um and especially our children we definitely need that i know it's it's make i'm gonna read this one last thing it says the campaign will include a monthly newsletter with educational resources online forums social media campaigns and collaborations with mental health professionals, educators, and child advocates. So they're putting a lot into this to try to get the people the type of help that they need, but also providing a service and entertainment. Right. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's pretty cool. I saw this. And I, went, I said, well, I got to put this out there. I said, it's really cool that they have something like this. And I'm definitely going to look it up to check it out. Now, I especially want to look it up to find out about the sarcastically, uh, 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 what did they say, sarcastically 
funny uh, sidekick, the dog. I want to see how the dog would make the dog <laughs> so sarcastic. Uh, yeah, that's what it says. Sarcastically funny sidekick, Rex the super dog. <laughs> we had a Rex in my neighborhood, so I can, that's, that's interesting, you know. <laughs> so, well, and, and, it, and, and it's funny because growing up, now that before I remember about the story, we had a dog named Rex too. Oh, okay. So it's funny. I only knew of one dog named Rex, but I guess it was. I but I've read stories of people with that dog. You know, their dogs were named Rex. And mm-hmm. I said, "God, that must have been a popular name for yeah, a dog." I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but. Be on the lookout for this series, people. Sounds like it's going to be really great, and um, um, and sounds like it's something that's definitely needed. And the fact that they made this, the powers that they did—I mean, I—it sounds like something that shouldn't lose. It should be winning, definitely should be winning. So, just wanted to put that out there about this particular story. You have anything to add before we move on? No, I mean, I, you know, I think it's a great thing. And, you know, I think it provides options because if it's like I think it is. So, well, first of all, you know, kids love cartoons. And this kind of gives an element of, of course, it's a cartoon. It's it's black. You know, it's a black boy. So it's something they can relate to. And I'm assuming that they kind of work the mental health in where, you know, the kids are kind of learning and don't even realize it rather than something that's direct and in their face and they, you know, they feel like they know it so they won't watch it. So, I mean, I I think it's great. Hopefully this is something maybe some uh, teachers can play in their classroom. You know, I don't know, whenever they have those free periods. Well, it sounds, it sounds like they're trying to target that as well, you know, with the yeah. teachers by tying in the, the, the teaching demographic and uh, education and so forth. So, um yeah, it's something that, and right now, superheroes. I mean, you know, if it's a superhero, you're probably going to get the attention of that that individual, that child, um, quicker, knowing it's a superhero versus, you know, somebody just walking. Right. Know, exactly. Uh, just like everyday somebody from an everyday walk of life, you know. So, because um, we're all fascinated with superheroes, so you know. Um, so that's interesting. Keep an eye out for that. So we're going to go from super interesting and positive <laughs> to <some laughs> ignorance <laughs> to some ignorance right now. So, so you know, we always got to have one of these stories, you know. So here we go. Uh, this story is about a cop, a drunk cop that aims a gun. An unarmed black man visiting a friend. And he says, N-word, you don't belong here to that person. Uh, It says, a Berkeley police officer has been slammed with a lawsuit for racial profiling and assault. According to the court documents obtained by Berkeley side, Brian Lynn Hurst Jr. is reportedly Suing Sergeant David Marble, his name would be David, uh, an officer who <laughs> an officer who allegedly attacked him and yelled racial slurs after he left a friend's house in Antioch 
in 2022. In the lawsuit, Lynn Hurst, who was black, also accused Marvel of brandishing his gun and punching him. As per the lawsuit, Lynn Hurst came claimed that the incident occurred around 2.15 a.m. Nothing good happens at 2.15 a.m. We all know this, right? Um, on July 16, 2022, he was leaving a friend's home that he frequently visited without having any negative encounters with anyone in the neighborhood. <laughs> this is a how we read in between lines when we read the stuff. Did you do it just then yourself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I thought it was, I, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Okay. All right. Cause the, that statement says a lot right there. Right. right. You know what I mean? So, okay. When he's getting into his car, Marvel alleged, allegedly began yelling at him, demanding to know why he was in the area. Excuse me, the complaint states Marble, who was off duty at the time, and his dog blocked Lynnhurst from driving off and began swearing and shouting racial slurs. The lawsuit alleges that the officer was extremely aggressive and clearly intoxicated, and he accosted Lynnhurst. At one point, the, the off duty officer yelled, You don't belong here. N-words do not belong here. <laughs> Must be a uh, sundown town. <laughs> uh, <laughs> according to Lynnhurst's Lynn complaint, attempting to dis- de-escalate the situation, Lynnhurst and his friend, who was not named in the suit, tried to explain that Marble, to Marble that he was just visiting his pal who lived in the area, but the officer allegedly responded with violence According to the suit, Marble charged that Lynn hurts and punched him in the right side of his face. Mr. Lynn Hurst, who feared that he would be attacked again, prepared to call 911. The suit states after he attacked Lynn Hurst, the officer walked away with his dog and allegedly returned seconds later with a semi-automatic handgun, aiming it at Lynn Hurst. Sergeant Marble responded, I am the law, invoking his status as a law enforcement officer, and I'm implying he was the authority figure in the situation and that Mr. Lindhurst needed to obey him according to his complaint. Now, we already know. Somebody's yelling, I am the law. Right. And he has a semi-automatic weapon. He's the law. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you do not want to do anything to make this guy think otherwise. Right. Because we not know it don't, if you sneeze, you're going to get shot. You know that already. His friend, who was also black, tried to de-escalate the situation. Again, begging Marvel to lower his gun. After several uh, minutes of pleading, Sergeant Marvel yelled, more profanities at the two, but finally lowered his gun and walked back inside his home. The lawsuit said, first of all, this is, this is crazy. Officers have been getting away with a lot. 
Allegedly. <laughs> we'll put that out there. Right, allegedly. Yeah. Like the officer that took the woman to the back of his car. But anyway, um <laughs> did, did you see that? Yeah. Did you I mean I mean yeah, they I mean I'm I'm sure he definitely got off. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, this this whole thing is, you know, the fact that we still have these 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 things to happen, and we're still being called out of our names, and it's not good. Um, especially somebody minding their own business. Now, you know, I understand it's two o'clock in the morning. We're not supposed to be able to be out after a certain time at night. I guess you know. Um, but I don't know. I just thought this 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 disturbed me a little bit when I saw this story. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think it's crazy. Um and it just kind of reminds us that and, and they I kinda hate to say it because I, I hate to be that conspiracy theorist type person, but you know, a lot of these cops are not on our side. And nope. you know, I think you know, this officer's true self came out and, you know, so I mean, luckily nobody was hurt, but, you know, I, I just think it's just one of those things where it kind of, you know, so like, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same way because, you know, I have, I have people in my family who are police officers and friends and former friends who are police officers. And, and I know that there are good people. But, you know, they when people tell us not to trust the police, you know, these are the reasons why they say it. And I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the last time you got stopped, let's let's say this, the last time you got stopped um, by a cop on the road. You you're sitting there and you wait for the cop to approach the car and they always make this dramatic walk up to your yeah. car. You know what well, I mean? Well, hold on, Dave. First of all, they always take a long time. That's what I'm the whole, saying. The whole, That's, the whole yeah, time is there sweating it, bullets, it, like, yeah, like waiting, like come on. That's the whole drama. That's what I mean by the dramatic walk to the car because they make it it's full of drama. By the time they come up to the car, you know you're already freaking out. You know what I mean? Right. So and you. You're worried about moving too quickly, you know, or doing, you know, reaching for yeah. things too quickly. You want to make sure you so, have the ID already. Yeah, that's right. So when you, and especially if you are in a place that's, you know, that you might be in a minority in, definitely in a minority, you always want to be, you want to act accordingly to, or act the best way you can that assures that you're going home. Right. At some point. Okay. Live not to jail. Day. Not to jail. Not not shot or dead. You just want to go home. You know? And so that feeling for it, and then you know, and then you think to yourself when that person finally walks up, they go, Let it be a good cop. Let it be somebody. Right. I I never get it. I was speeding. I never get it. And I went uh flying through um, it was a a yellow light, flashing yellow light. <laughs> but I, I didn't slow down, uh, you know. And it was late, late at night. 
I was out two two sixteen in the morning. No, I'm just saying. But oh, anyway, really? <laughs> hold, on, hold on, Dave. Tell, t- tell us more about this because you said ain't nothing good happening. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway, anyway. Uh, well, I, I, obviously, I was right because I got stopped. <laughs> so, so I went flying through this light. Never saw the cop. You know, and that's usually what happens. You never see him. And all of a sudden, immediately. I saw this flashing lights, and I said, oh, man, right? So I go to pull over, and this cop took forever, Leonard, to get out of their car. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he must be running my tag. He must be right. doing this and doing that, make sure he knows who I am, just in case I lie, you know, and say I'm not me, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Finally, after about 15 minutes after he stopped me, he finally walks up. To, oh, it wasn't even a he. It was a female. Finally walks up to the car. And she says, hello. Now, she was nice. I don't know what. She said, hello. How are you? Everything okay? And I said, yes, everything's fine, officer. Right. And she said, you sure? And I said, yes. She said, well, have you been drinking or anything tonight or anything? And I said, no, I don't drink. And she said, oh, that's good. And so forth and so <laughs> forth. Then she said, are you auditioning? I just looked at her and I said, what do you mean? Right. Oh, auditioning. She said, are you auditioning for the Indy 500? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> she, oh, said, she got dope. <laughs> was she white or black? She She was white. But she was funny, though. She was funny. She had me cracking up. She was like, because she said, I know this person didn't go flying past me. And I'm sitting here in this car, in this white car, with cop gear on the car. And you didn't see me? I said, no, officer, I did not see you. She said, I ain't even gave you a chance to slow down. I wasn't going to pull you over. Well, I mean, Dave, she she has to realize it was two sixteen a.m. and you were <laughs> you were trying to get to where you were trying to go. <laughs> I know, and that's what I told her. I said, "Oh, I'm just trying to. I was just trying to make beg it home." And she said, "And why were you going so fast then?" I said, "Well, officer, I said you really want to know the truth." And she said, "Yeah." I said, "I gotta go to the bathroom real bad." <laughs> like oh, that. <laughs> and she said. That's good. She said, that was a good one. She said, she said, do you really have to go? And I said, uh, yes, I do. She said, well, just step out the car. I won't look. Just go ahead and go. <laughs> and, and I said, wait, hold on. You want me to to, right. to, to pee right here? She said, it's a yeah. setup. Yeah, I know. I said, I said, wait, hold on. Isn't that against the law? And she just started falling out laughing. She said, yeah, you may not want to do that. <laughs> you oh, know so, but uh, but it was just the fact how long it took her to walk up to the car. And she didn't right. give me a ticket. She didn't give me a ticket. I was surprised. She didn't give me a ticket because mm-hmm. of the conversation. It was a good night. I, she got she got a good she got a good one of us, you know, that night. So, yeah, you know definitely. What I mean? But if so, I had an attitude, oh yeah, that would have sure gone different. the wrong way. Yeah, so it would have went completely different. I learned yeah. I saw this um ticket trick on um tv and i use it every time and since i've been using it i have not gotten a ticket and you know i'm I'm talking about my minor violations okay all right so i just want to let you know that i'm I'm not going to share it but i'll just let you know (laughs) (laughs) 
No, Dave, I'm, I'm just joking. So this is what I saw on TV. Uh-oh. They said that when the cop comes up to your car, you know, of course, they're going to ask you for your license, registration, you know, whatever. You know, they're going to say, well, you know, we pulled you over because you were doing this. You ran a stop sign. You were speeding. or No turn signal. They said that before the cop walks back to their car, ask them if you can have a warning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they said the reason is because most people, if you're polite to them, have a problem telling you no. Okay. They said when, you know, if the cop goes back to their car and they come up with a ticket, it's too late. You know, it's already in the system. They said before they walk back to their car, ask them for a warning. And Dave, I have done that every time, you know, I've been pulled over something minor like speeding, expired license, (laughs) expired registration, no turn signal, running a stop sign. And, you know, the stop sign was a minor run. It wasn't like a a full out run. And I've never gotten a ticket. So um, I I encourage people to try. I I normally don't tell people on this type of platform, but um, you just did, Leonard. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying normally. But I do it faithfully. I make sure I catch them before they go back to the car. I make sure I'm always polite. And I've not gotten a, a ticket. Um, and I, I mean, since I've done it, I, it's probably been four times since, you know, four times I've been pulled over for something legitimate, you know, minor-ish. But I've not gotten a ticket either of those four times. Every time they came back with a warning. Okay. All right. Well, you also light skin too, so that probably helps too, you know. So, but um, you know, they they went uh, when it's dark outside. We all the same color. <laughs> well, all right. I'll keep that in mind. I'm going to keep that in mind and see yeah, if it no, works. No, please do. All right. I would say. I would say. And uh, actually, uh, the thing about the bathroom when I told her the bathroom day, she thought that was so funny. She said. She said. That was a good one, though. That was a good mm-hmm. one. I said, I do really have to go. She said, ah, she said, she said, no. She said, you got me with that. I'm going to let you go so you can. Right. She put quotation, so she put, she put quotation mark, go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, so, she said, do you live around here? And actually, Leonard, I was three blocks away from home. When she oh, got wow. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, she was like, you live around here? I said, yeah. And I said, thank God I got, you know, I ain't got far to go because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go as soon as I get through the door. And she, right. she, fell out of she said, you ain't going to let that go, are you? <laughs> and I said, no. So, but anyway, so, I, you know, this story, you know, just one of those typical stories about, you know, with with these stories about people getting shot, walking up to wrong houses and mm-hmm. delivery drivers and kids being shot because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, you just got to be careful these days. Yeah. You can't Dangerous be too out sure. there. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, hopefully that uh, that gentleman will be able to get justice as far as um, what he's looking for, as far as what happened with that situation. So, all right. Um, all right. Well, on to Leonard's list. I mean, uh, our last thing, uh, which is Leonard's favorite thing, um, Dave's corner. 
and thank all the folks who have commented about the last few that we had. Uh, people really had a lot to say about uh, the scenario questions that we had. So um, thank you for your feedback and your um, answers to those those questions. So tonight, question, speaking of what we just got here to talk about, see how that kind of just fell right into place just then, too. Um, um, I want you to think about a time and, it, and, and and apply this to it. What is the one thing that happened to you every time you talk about it? And I'm going to add, think about it also. Um, you just bust out and start laughing because it was so funny um, at that, you know, what happened was so funny. And this has happened to me the other day. That's what made me think of this question. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten all about this story um, that made me laugh about it. So, but think, think, think of something that immediately you just start cracking up every time you think about it. It could be something that happened to you or something that you saw or whatever. Okay, I got it. Okay, go ahead. Tell us about it. So it's not so much I think about it anymore because I done thought about it so many times. But every time I tell this story around the person it involves, like I just just start laughing. So, Mm -hmm. um, Dave, I'm going to take you back about 20, about 21 years ago. So I'm going to take you back to right around 2002. Okay. Um, in college, you know, my, my last year, um, self-quoted as young and dumb, right? So anyway, long story short, me and some of my friends, um, we worked at the swimming pool down there. We went to a party and there was a lot of alcohol there. And, you know, Back in the day, you know, a lot now, not so much. You know, there was always a quote, um, you know, like stick with the same liquor. So, like, if you're, yeah. if, if you're drinking rum, drink rum all night long. Or you're drinking yeah. vodka, like, don't mix your liquors. Don't mix your drinks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And my boy Devin, and and he, he was in my wedding. I don't know if you remember. He lived yeah, in the I remember Devin. Area. Yeah, I know who you're right. talking about. Yeah. Yep. So, so he's, he was like, no. He's like, I'm going to drink some of everything. And we're like, no, you know, like, you know, pace yourself. And of course he didn't. Um, at the end of the night, he could not walk. You know, <laughs> he could not stand. Um, he drove to the um, the party we went to, but he, clearly he was not able to drive himself home. So I gave him a ride home. And um, let's see, how do I say this appropriately? <laughs> so Sounds even like though you, I, huh? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I so, think I know so, where you're going with this. Go ahead. Well, hold on. Where, 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 where do you think I'm going? Did Did he mess in his pants or something? No. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. You know, he, he had, you know, so I'm giving him a ride home. Now, as I'm giving him a ride home. I know that I have some plans afterwards after I drop them off. So, you know, I'm trying to hurry up and, you know, get, get him to the house. So get to his house. And, and of course, 
he lives on the second floor and um, the place he stayed at was almost like a motel ish type apartment with the doors on the outside. So he lived on the second floor. So of course he cannot walk, you know, so I'm literally helping him up the steps. And at the same point, I'm looking at my watch because I got places to go. So as I get to the door, um, he pulled out his keys and as he's sticking his keys in the door, he drops. And I'm like, you know, cause, cause I'm in a rush, you know, I'm <laughs> like, Jesus. So I heard him pick up his keys. I unlock his door. He takes a step in the door. I shut the door behind him and you know, I'm, I'm gone. So the next day, <laughs> you, you, you don't know, you don't know how he ended up or anything. No, because he, he's in his house. You know, I shut uh, the door. Yeah, okay. you, know, and you were on a mission. Yeah, and I was on a mission that had, you know, it was, it was um, Mission Impossible. It had the timeline yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Right. So the next day, about 3 p.m., my phone rings. I look at the call ID. It's him. And I'm like, hello? And he's like, Lynn. And I'm like, yeah, you okay? He's like, <laughs> he's like I need help <laughs> and uh, and I was like oh, you know like what's wrong what you need he's like I'm in the same spot that you left me. <laughs> he said I'm in the same spot that you left me in and I'm like what do you mean he's like when you open the door he's like I fell through the door onto the floor. Wow. And I'm still there now. This was three o'clock the next day. <laughs> and he's oh, like, bro. he's like, can you bring me something to eat? And I was like, yeah. So, you know, I, I went to Subway because I was trying to find something that would probably sit well on his stomach. And I brought the Subway. And when I knocked on the door, he was still on the floor <laughs> right by the door. So, you know, I always think about it, I always laugh. So, you know, when he tells the story, he tells the story that, you know, he dropped and, and I now I take it back to from his point of view. He drops the keys. He said, I bent down, picked up the keys, opened the door, pushed him through the door, <laughs> and then shut the door behind him and dipped out. So, Every time I, I, you know, every time I tell that story, and he's around. I, I, you know, I can't even stop laughing. I can barely tell the story, but that that is too funny. Yeah, that, that is too funny because, when, and that's what I'm talking about. When you hear, when you certain stories just make you crack up, and you just start laughing while you're telling the story. Um, actually, what made me bring this up is because same thing happened to me the other day. I'm telling, I'm telling somebody about this particular story and there's a couple stories that make me laugh every time I tell them but this one I have got almost forgotten about and the only reason that I thought about it because I happened to be in the area where this thing took place over the weekend and I was like and it made me think about it right away and I remember telling telling my friend about this and I was like so what it what it involved was when back in uh when my oldest son was uh a little guy, he was 
um, he had a lot of issues that um, he had to deal with uh, physical and emotional and so forth. Um, so we used to spend a lot of time at AI Institute Hospital. Well, AI Institute, period. Because he would, we would end up going there because he had occupational therapy there. He mm-hmm. had speech therapy because he had a very bad speech impediment. Um, he had, um, he was kind of a chubby kid. So we had weight management. So we were there like three or four days a week, man. It was crazy. Right. Always there. I mean, you know, and, and, um, so I know back, back during the day, um, do you remember the back road that would take you from AI to 202, um, very, very well. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it was kind of healy. So my kids, like um, my godson, um, him and my son, the same age, they were best friends. And then um, they used to love when we would take a ride back there on that road because it had little hills in it and, you know, it make your stomach, you know, kind of skip, right. you know. So the kids were like going on that road, especially if you go, you know, go a little fast on it, you know. So they used to drive me crazy because they used to always say, take the back way, take the back way, take the back way. And I just drove me nuts all the time. So this one particular night, I had to go up there with my youngest son. And there's, <clears throat> I think the, I think the boys, the older boys were probably around 12 at the time. Uh, no, they had to be my youngest. Yeah. Probably around 12. Um, 12 or 13. And um, my youngest son was probably a couple years old at the time. And he wasn't feeling well. So I'd gone up to AI hospital. Um, my ex-wife had stayed home. So go up there, you know, spend the time up there, you know, find out what's going on with my youngest son. Then we leave. So I'm ready to get on to two, take the, the, you know, the main road to come home, whatever. Cause we lived off of, um, we lived over by PS Dupont at the time. Mm-hmm. So they said, no, go to back road. Now it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night, Leonard. You know, we're just leaving AI hospital at this time. Um, the emergency room and they want to take the back road. And you know, it was bad it, at night. It was dark back there at night. I mean, it was, that was a dark road at night. But they wanted to go. They just thought it'd be so cool, you know. They thought it was cool when you ride back there at night anyway. Right. And I said, okay. Now, the car I had at the time was a Grand. I had a black Grand M. I'll never get. But I was having some issues with the car. Because sometimes it, 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 it would, you know, putt-putt a little bit. And then sometimes it might... It, every now and then it would conk out on me for some reason. I don't know. I didn't know what the issue was. So this, you know, and they had been with me when that happened once or twice. So this particular night, I said, I'm going to fix these guys. <laughs> so so um, I get it in my mind because they said back road. That's what they always used to do. Back road, back road, back road. And they were driving crazy with that. So I said, okay, I'm going to take them on the back road. All right. So we get on the back road. So I say to myself, I'm going to fake like the car died. Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> See, that, that's cool. 
<laughs> See, I'm starting to laugh already because I can picture what happened. So what I did is we we're going down the road. It's, I'm going down the road about 60, 70 miles an hour, you know. And then all of a sudden, I, they didn't see me. I kind of put my foot on the brake and start slowing down the car. And I said, oh, what's going on? And I hear my uh, my son say, my oldest son said, what, what? Now, my youngest son had already fell asleep. He was tired. Right. He didn't know what was going on, you know, so. And, and I'm about to say, he probably didn't care either. He didn't care. He's in the middle in the car seat, you know. He, he's, he's, he's flying, you know. And I said, I don't know what's going. I don't know what's going on. I said the car is slowing down. I said it's stopping, and so all of a sudden I, I kind of pushed the brake real hard, and the car just stopped. <laughs> I said, "Oh man!" So I I, I cranked the key, act, try to act like it, you know, try to make it sound like it wouldn't start, you know. And he said, "So I would turn the key real quick and then turn it." <laughs> yeah, so they said it won't start. I said, "Nah." But see, this car was pretty unique, Leonard, because this is one of them cars that if you push it, you can get it to jump start, you know. Gotcha. And I did that a couple of times. They'd been with me and they knew. So I said, You guys are gonna have to get out and push the car so I can get it started. So they said, All right, and they, you know, they're all scared because now they gotta get out. It's dark as I don't know what the heck here. They gotta get out and push this car, right? And so they get out. They push the car. They they start pushing the car. Leonard, I'm trying not to laugh the whole time. They start pushing. I got the car in neutral. And all of a sudden, I turned the car and I took off. <laughs> oh, dude. And left them there? Let it, all I can see is them in the back, the red light in the back. <laughs> they chasing that to the car. Hey, come back here. <laughs> you know? Later, I was I, I couldn't even see. I was laughing so hard. I couldn't even see where I was going. I was laughing real hard. Watching them run after this car was hilarious, right? So finally I stopped and I slay all the brakes and they go crashing into the car. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so they get in the car and they got the meanest look on their face, or whatever. There was nothing wrong with this car. I said, I bet you won't ask me to ride this back road no more, will <laughs> So they get in the car. They're pissed off at me, right? We get home. They go in the house. They're stumping up the steps. And my ex says to me, what's wrong with them? They said, Dad left us on that dark road back and made us chase after Every time I bring that up to my oldest son, he just he just he just starts like well he laughs about it now, but he used yeah. to get so bad at me when I would bring that up. I got them so good that night. They never wanted to go on that road again. Oh, I'm that. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I am sure. So, in fact, but, Dave, uh, huh? I got I got a quick one for honorable mention too. Go I didn't make anybody laugh every and I'm gonna make it super quick. So about two years ago for Christmas, you know, of course, kids, they always want to open up a gift early. So my wife and I were like, you know what? We're going to let you open up one gift. Um, You know, we're going to let you open up one gift the day before Christmas and then you open all, all your gifts Christmas. So what we did is we went in each of their rooms and picked out something from their room that they have either never opened, never used, you know, something we got that they never used, never got, whatever. So we put it on the tree, 
you know, day before Christmas or, you know, two nights before Christmas, they want to open up something or maybe night before Christmas. And um, my son opened up this magnifying, uh, like a, what do you call those? Microscope set that I got him, you know, little box opened up. And he was like, oh, you know, thank you. And I'm like, dang, like this sat in his room all year long. He never noticed. All the kids opened up their gift. Now, my daughter, she knew hers because I got her a pair of shoes. And when I got her the pair of shoes, I was like, okay, daughter, do you like them? Do you want me to take them back? You want to exchange them? No, I like them. I'm like, you know, after a couple of days, I'm like, okay, do you like them? You got to wear them. You want me to take them back? You want me to exchange them? No, no, I want to keep them. I said, okay. 30 days later, you know, before <laughs> the return, it, you like them? No, 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 I'm going to wear them. In a whole year, she did not wear them. That's why I packed hers up. But but every time I think about that, I laugh too because half of the kids didn't even know stuff was stuff we grabbed from their room. But does does she remember the whole thing? My daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she remembered the shoes because when she opened the shoes, you know, like the other kids, there was stuff they weren't, you know, stuff that we got them they didn't use. But the shoes, you know, were visible in her room all year long, and she never wore them. And I'm, they, you know, they cost over a hundred dollars, and you know, I'm wow. kind of frugal. Yes. And she never wore them. Not for the whole year. So would you end up? Did you take them back or anything? Or? No. In fact, I well, they this was like two to three two years ago. This weekend, I saw her come with a brand new pair of shoes that look similar but different colors. And I was like, when are you going to wear these? Because, you know, I'm sure they still fit because her feet don't grow like that, hopefully. But, mm-hmm. yeah, next time she come over, I'm going to take her good shoes and she'll only have those shoes to wear. <laughs> oh, she she's going to be hot. Oh man, yeah. Well, kids, that, that, kids are funny, man. That's what they yeah. that they when you think about kids, they they give you some of your best laughter, man. Really, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. So, wow. Well, I'm sure some of you guys have some funny moments that you guys might want to talk about and things that make you laugh every time you think about them. If you want to share, feel free to share like you always do. We really appreciate it, and. um you know, maybe it's something that we can put out there on the air um, or we can send it over to uh, Steve Harvey and them. They can put it on a strawberry letter, but right. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So anyway, so that's it for our show tonight. Thank you for taking the time to listen as always. Then um, you got anything to add before we sign off? No, you know, I just hope everyone has a great week. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, let's oh, try to see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, of course, we talked about GNR Campground on We Are Happy okay, Grand Reopening. Anybody in the tri state area, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, DC, we are having a celebration weekend or a celebration day. Saturday, October 7th at GNR Campground in Houston, Delaware, which is about middle of the state. Um, we are celebrating it being black owned, black family owned, continued to be black owned. And, you know, we're going to have a ribbon cutting. Dave and DJ Tim Dog, they're going to facilitate an, an after party. So, um, hopefully everyone can come out. For more information, you can go to our Facebook page, GNR Campground, 
or Instagram GNR Campground. Okay, good job, sir. Good job. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. You guys be on the lookout for that because that looks like uh um from what Leonard said, it's gonna be a lot of fun, people. So you might yeah, want to show up. Okay. Um so we will keep you posted on that as um uh, time gets closer. So um and that is the grand opening of the GNR campground owned by Mr. and Mrs. Leonard Young. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we will hope to talk to you on Friday. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> He's so busy, y'all. What can you say? What can you say? You know. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening to us tonight, and we will talk to you soon. Okay. Have a good evening. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.